You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. There's so much pain that comes from loving a member of the other sex. I'll just stick with the other sex. I know there are homosexuals out there that want to be a part of this conversation, but let me just stick with what I know. So speaking from the perspective of a heterosexual person of any gender, there's so much pain that is is uh, potentially there when you give yourself over to love and the intimacy that it can make people say, I don't want to, I don't need that, I'll shut down. Not just in the movies or in the theatrical world. People actually say this. They actually say, it's not worth it to, to have somebody that I'm close with because it, it doesn't seem to work out and it hurts a lot and I don't want to feel that pain anymore. So that being true, and that's, an unver- that's a rather verifiable fact, the question is, uh, could be put, I mean, well, why? why? Why do we still pursue relationships? Um, and I think, why do we still pursue marriage is easy enough to answer. The reason you see people that are divorced get remarried multiple times uh, is because marriage is, is, is what the anxious and concerned and worried person does to sort of solidify their relationship. You know, the very concept of I'm not going to get a relationship because I don't want to get hurt. The reason you hurry up and marry again is because you feel like I won't get hurt. Or it's less likely that I'll get hurt because this person has taken a step of commitment for me. And so now if they cheat on me even, there's no two ways about it. You know, they have betrayed me. You know, they have committed adultery. You know, they have violated their vows. And um, the other reason people get married is just because that it'll give him reason to think before walking out the door. Well, this is my my husband or my wife. I, I have a commitment here. I can't just throw that away. Because there are people out there, believe it or not, <laughs> and I know it's hard to believe in this current day and age, that still put some credence in contracts, agreements, their word. I know, I know, it's crazy because most people seem to not give a shit about any of that anymore. They seem to do whatever the fuck they want whenever they want, and they break their vow all the time, and they change their mind and go back on their word. And hell, our president did it for four years. So um, it's very easy to understand how maybe young people in particular looking around them are starting to say, hey, it's a free-for-all. Make shit up, change it, whatever works for you. But luckily that isn't. Everybody knows that's wrong still, even the people that do it all the time, like Donald Trump. He knows, you know, he knows he's a bad person. He just doesn't care. But so marriage is a way to say to those people, hey, if you happen to be one of these people that still thinks your word means something and that a commitment is something you should try to honor, let's get married. And that way you're less likely to dump me and break my heart. So that's probably why. You still see in the modern world where marriage is less relevant. Now, the other reason you see it is financial financial reasons. You know, when you marry someone, they get a cut of your income when they leave you. They can. They can get a cut of things. And 
<clears throat> just in general, you get you can have all kinds of financial tax breaks and other benefits, um, insurance, health insurance coverage. You know, there are practical financial reasons to get married as well that are better, better for people. But I still think a big part of it is this sense of, uh, you know, lack of fear that it, what if, what if I get to 60 and this person just has a midlife crisis late and dumps me. And now I'm a 60 year old person who has to start all over again, trying to find a partner. <clears throat> and it looks like I probably won't find one and I'm going to die alone. And that's scary, you know, which brings, brings us to me. I'm 55 and that's the situation. It's already scary. But I remember that my dad, after my mom died, when he was 56 and she was 56, he went through a couple miserable years of trying to be in the dating scene, but he met someone and um, met met them when, when I believe he was 59, and he's still with her to this day, alive and kicking at 84. So, um, you know, I get myself in shape again and all that, I I, I don't rule it out as possible that I can find a partner. But here's the thing. I'm, this this podcast is not about me per se. I mean, it's what I know about. So obviously it's related to me. But I really wanted to ask the question, well, why do we still want to even find a partner? I mean, aside from the fear of dying alone, is that it? I mean, let's just put sex on the back back burner and the desire for physical companionship. Let's just move that to the side because as we all know, as we get older, that becomes less and less important to us and less relevant. But it doesn't mean our sexuality is less relevant. It doesn't mean getting turned on or wanting to be aroused becomes less relevant. It's just maybe the actual physical acts of sex become less relevant. But there are still aspects of companionship that can be exciting sexually and otherwise. And you don't have that if there's no one to share that with. I mean, pornography was lame back when I was in my 30s. It's super uninteresting to me now in my 50s. I have never looked at it. I don't care about it. There's nothing enticing about it. As you get older, you realize that the value is in the person. You say that when you're younger, but it really is still about the body a lot. And there is a lot of physical lust involved when you're younger and chasing after the physical aspects. But as you get older, you realize that really is less and less important. And it really is the desire and the attraction and the lust comes from the knowledge of the person. However, they still have to be in a body you find somewhat attractive in some way. And, and I think, I submit, in particular, for me anyway, need to have a face you want to kiss at least. Even if you don't kiss it, you need to want to. If, if somebody, uh, I, I, and I don't mean to insult women here by this, but the problem with being in your mid-50s as a man is uh, the number of women in their mid-50s and older who, who really have kissable faces is very limited. And unfortunately, that's because of the fact that women in our culture are, uh, I'll just say it, they're more beautiful and more attractive when they're younger. It's just a reality of what makes a woman beautiful. Um now, when you talk about a desire of a person, you can have sexual desires for a person of any age. But when you talk about what makes you want to kiss them or to desire them as they appear, there are aspects of men that we have in our culture that are still meet the tropes, meet the memes of, of sexuality for older men. But And there are for older women too, but they're just less. 
and the most of the images and and just frankly desires that we put into a woman's physicality relate to her youth it's her skin it's her lips it's her hair and the cleanness of her it's her it's her sharpness in clothing you know um which is it's harder to look sharp in clothing when you get older because you gain weight as you get older and it's just harder uh, everyone knows i know this believe me as someone whose weight has gone up and down this whole life they don't build they don't make <clears throat> sharp fancy nice clothing for fat people i mean they you can buy it and you can wear it and you can get away with it and look decent shit elton john when he got fat he had a lot of outrageous costumes and things and I mean, I've known overweight people in my life who who dress stylishly. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but for the most part, they make all those clothes that look so cool and so sharp and so sleek. They make them for skin and bones. They make them for the people. All the models are skinny, male and female. And really all of the fancy, nice clothing is for thin people. And so as you get older, you can't. it's harder and harder to look good in clothing because, you know, like I said, that the, the stuff that you end up having to wear doesn't isn't really cutting edge sharp, you know. So, and that's true for women uh, in particular, because men can be sexy in blue jeans and sweatshirts, right? That is our that is our um, our our culture. We 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 the images of men and the and the vision that we have of a sexy man. He can be in a wife beater shirt. He can have no shirt on. He can have you know, shorts on. He can have tight pants. He can have baggy pants. He can, I mean, there's so much more variety in the way a man can look age and clothing wise to be still considered sexy in our culture. But women, it's much more defined. We have uh, really uh, parsed down what makes a woman sexy and do a lot of characteristics and traits that unfortunately get harder and harder to have as you get older. And so... Um, there are, without a doubt, sexy as hell women uh, my age and older out there. I mean, I, but unfortunately, most of them are celebrities or otherwise have jobs or professions where they have been required all their lives to care about their appearance. And, and it's it ends up being a superficial thing more than the internal person because so many of the people that are really cool and sexy people uh, as they get older, you know, uh, and, and including women, they just they can't. You can't sex up dried up skin or old lips or old or an overweight body. You can't really make it sexy. No matter how sexy you are as a person, you have to be the, you have to get to know them. And you're not going to look at them and desire them. You're going to have to desire them from knowing them. And that's why I say that the only way this really works for most people is meet someone when you're both still in the age range where you can be uh, sexy to each other and then get old together, you know, because by that point, 20 years into a relationship, uh, you both can go to hell physically, but you still find each other sexy for who you are as people and you love each other and you've built up all this connection over time. And so, you know, what you look like is less relevant. Um, because you, the person looks like that woman you met and loved, or that man that you, you know, you married, and um, and sometimes they lose weight and sometimes they gain weight, and you know that. See, that's another very, very, very important thing to to say here. When people 
are older, they might have weight on them. But you, if you knew them, knew them when they didn't and know that they can sometimes not have weight on them. You know that they lose weight. And, and, and sometimes they look really good and sometimes they look really tired. Sometimes when you're older, you get up and you have big bags under your eyes and sometimes they last for a month. And sometimes you go through a period where your skin looks real good and your eyes look good. So if you are with this person and there's someone you've gone through the years with, you're aware that, oh, they're having a down moment now. They don't particularly look good right now, but they'll come back around or they might be overweight right now, but they'll lose another 10 pounds, you know, in the next month or whatever, and they'll look a little better again. You learn their ups and downs and you, you know that their bad moment is a bad moment, but it isn't, doesn't define them. But unfortunately, when you're single, <clears throat> even your good moments look like bad moments to someone who's never been with you. You could say, oh, you know, 55-year-old man, I'm looking good for me right now. And if you knew me, you'd know, well, he looks good now. But someone who doesn't know you, you look like hell. You look like an old 55-year-old overweight guy and they, you know, with a big nose, <laughs> in my case. And they would just not find you attractive. They have to know you and know what you can look like to know that, oh, he does look good for him right now. He's attractive for him. He looks good. And that, and that, that is important. You know, because attractiveness isn't just objective. You know, we can't, we don't just look at people and say they're attractive. Well, that person doesn't look attractive, so they're not attractive. It isn't just objective like that. It is, there is a lot to it. There is a lot of soul, personality, intellect. You know, there is the way someone smiles, the way they talk. And, and again, you don't know those things unless you know the person over time. And so someone could be quite sexy over time, but objectively would never be sexy to you if you didn't know them. And that unfortunately becomes more and more reality as we get older, both men and women. But as I said, it's extra sad for women because a lot of the objective, say superficial, objective, same thing to me really, but I'm not, I don't want to use the word superficial because it's like negative. And I don't think it's negative to say I want someone to look good looking or look sexy to me. That's normal. I don't think that's a bad thing to, to, to want to kiss someone's face, to want to feel like you want to hold them and be near them, want to have sex with them. That's normal. If, if, if you're looking at someone who you just don't feel that way about, it's going to be really hard to develop a romantic relationship with that person. And that's the problem as we get older. As men, we may look as a man more, a, a woman might be able to find us sexy because men, we get away with more in our culture, in terms of how we look. So objectively, we could still be sexy. But the women that see us that way maybe aren't sexy to us because they've already crossed over the, the line from the aging thing that just pretty much from which no one returns, you know? And you probably have too as a man, but you still have some of those traits that women can find sexy. So are you a pig and a bad person? Because objectively, this woman who finds you still sexy isn't sexy to you. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think anybody should feel guilty about desiring what they desire. And I don't think that saying that younger women have more of the traits that are objectively desirable is a bad thing. I think that's truth. And so I don't think an older man who would, you know, prefers younger women objectively or desires them more than older women is a bad man either. I think that that's just him choosing what is objectively obvious. The question comes, you know, is the compatibility and all the other things that go with it. 
And the men that you should be criticizing who date younger women, who marry younger women, et cetera, are the ones who do so with younger women who, when you meet them, they're vacuous. There's nothing there. There's, you know, when it's obvious that that's it, that the man sold out for that objective desire of their physicality and there's really nothing else to that person. Those types of men, if you want to be critical of them, okay, I get it. Because at their age and, and the way they look, they should be more into, they should have grown up more, and they should be more into finding the sexy and the attractive in a woman in other ways in addition to the objective. Uh, but, but to say that a younger woman with an older man, the man's a pig, is ridiculous because that younger woman could have a lot of wonderful sexy traits about her that she will have into her 60s as well. And that same woman, you would say, should be sexy to a, to a man when she, you know, 20 years later, you, you'll say, why isn't anyone finding her sexy? You know, but now that she's younger and she's with an older man, she's a bitch, he's a pig. What? It makes no sense. So my point is, um, A, I think it's normal for both genders to want to find something that they are physically, objectively, sexually attracted to in someone. And without it, it's almost impossible to start a romantic relationship. But B, just because someone has physical traits doesn't make them overall sexy and and it's quite possible that if they do have physical traits, they are a sexy person and desirable in other ways that make them being with an older person perfectly legitimate and understandable. And that goes women, man, and man, woman. They, they flip the genders. It really doesn't matter how you look at it. Um, and if you happen to be older and are lucky enough to find a younger person who has these traits that are objectively sexier than the older woman or man. Um, but they also have other traits that you really connect with and you find attractive. And they, in turn, find you, the older person, to have enough of those traits that they that it works for them. To me, that's just an, a good connection, like any other good connection, where the two people are the exact same age. To me, that's just a connection between a man and a woman. And, and, and the age is irrelevant, really. Now, I don't believe age is a number. I'm not saying that. That's a lie. Age is not just a number. It's all kinds of things that are not numbers. <laughs> and most of them not good. But, but uh, I'm saying that at the end of the day, you know, whatever brings two people together and keeps them together is, is a wonderful thing. And in the end, the age difference should not be what you are judging them on. Give them a chance. Let, you know, talk, see them. And it's also, it's none of your, really, it's none of your fucking business, you know, uh, who, who someone's with. If it's working, be happy for them and move on and hope you can find the same. And again, if you, as a man or a woman in your, let's use my age, mid-50s, can find a person of the other gender sexy in their mid-50s, uh, and happen to find someone who maybe eight out of ten people wouldn't find sexy, but you do, that's wonderful. That's great. But that doesn't make you superior to someone who wouldn't find that person sexy. That's just you finding what you and, and agreeing to accept and wanting what you find sexy in a person. And good for you that you have uh, this particular person had traits or aspects that connected with you. And they happen to be in your objective, you know, age range that society will approve of. Whoopee, that's great. But I mean, at the end of the day, doesn't it come down to whether or not you connected with them? 
isn't it really completely irrelevant what society thinks and how old they are and how old you are? The most important thing is they like you and you like them. And that's what it's about. And having said all of that, which wasn't what I wanted to get into on this podcast, age and connection, um, I'll get to the point that I really wanted to make, which is why do we pursue this at all? And to me, the answer is simple. It's about companionship. So all of that sexual attraction, all of that sexuality, and all of that desire, and all of that attractiveness, all of which is imperative and important. And if you don't have that for the other person to start with, I just don't think you'll have a relationship that lasts, a romantic relationship. You might have a friendship. But if you don't have that other part of it, mutual, both ways, you know, they're going to leave you. It's not going to work or you're going to leave them. It's not going to work. There has to be, uh, I, I don't think too many people are content with a mutual friendship where there isn't some still attractive you know, one, there, there's a mutual attraction. I mean, and if, and if you are able to live with that, uh, that comes from long-term marriages, usually, or relationships. I could see two people that at one point were attracted to one another, grew together, and now neither really is attracted to each other, but they love one another, and they have a deep companionship and a relationship. And maybe sometimes they still have sex, and maybe they don't. Maybe they never do, but either way, that's not even there much anymore. And it's not, it's okay. They can live and survive without it. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about if you're lucky enough to have met your sweetheart in high school and you're still with them, or you're lucky enough to have gotten married at 40, you know, and now you're 60 and neither of you look too good anymore, but you're happy. I'm not talking about that. I mean, good for you, but I'm talking about when you're already older, uh, and, and, and you think, well, why do I want someone? And the answer is companionship. But it's a real dilemma, right? Because, you know, it, it's not going to last if you start dating someone who you're not attracted to. And if they're not attracted to you and you're both just dating each other to be buddies then why don't you just get a bunch of guy friends or girlfriends and just, I don't know, see friends. I, 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 to me, the whole concept of making it a one-on-one -on -one relationship, cohabitating, traveling together, whatever people do in a relationship, go to movies together, doing that with someone you're not attracted to, just it just doesn't work. So the problem is, well, but the problem is as you get older in particular, you need companionship more than ever. You need someone who looks out for you and you need someone to look out for. You need someone to give you a purpose to live every day. It gets harder and harder to be just live for yourself or live for your own world when your own world is dwindling because you're getting older and friends are fading away and maybe you're retired from your job and your children moved away and really what's left in your life. So if you don't have a significant other to invest in and live life with, it's really hard to come up with ideas and an agenda and a desire to, frankly, live day to day. So the reason you want a partner is for that. It's for the growing old, sure, because of health issues and dying alone. Yes, okay. But also for the fact that there's not a lot of living left to do when you get older. And if you don't have another person in your life, there's even less. And with another person, you can invent 
lives to live together. Mostly you do traveling or you go to fairs or you go to concerts or you go to plays or you visit family or, you know, you go to dinner or you, but you have a companion to do it with. It's not some old lonely fart going out to the theater alone and coming home alone or some guy sitting at a table alone in a restaurant, you know, or some woman going out to shop alone and going home with what she bought with no one to show it to or wear it for, you know, there, there is that. I'll try this on, I'll buy this and see what my partner thinks, how they like me in it, you know, kind of thing. And we'll go out somewhere in it and we'll wear these clothes together. And, you know, everything that you do is about bouncing it off of your companion, as it is at any age when you're younger too. But what I'm saying is as you get older, there is just so much less life really going on. Um that it's important to have that companion. It's even more important than ever to have that person to share living with, to give you a a reason to live, to make your choices and the simple things you do, like what meal you eat, seem more relevant. If it's only you deciding what to order from DoorDash or Grubhub, does it really matter? But if you get to talk about it with someone else, then it makes it feel more relevant. Oh, I got this and I told them and they said that looked good. And, you know, being able to discuss our options and our choices and the things we do day to day as mundane as they are, you know, the decision to whether we call off work or we go to work that day, the decision to take the garbage out or not. These are mundane mundane things that people do. But as you get older and they become the focus of your day, should I go down to the mailbox or not? Should I, you know, these these silly choices become more and more your life. Um, Boy, does it help to have someone to talk about that with. These dumb things, they suddenly they aren't dumb because someone cares about what you eat, what you wear, whether or not you go out. And you can inspire them to do the same. And certainly if you're living together, then you'll inspire each other literally to get up and go do something together. And so these choices won't just be you bouncing it off of somebody else with for their thoughts. It'll literally be sharing something you've decided to do with a partner and vice versa. You'll share their choices with them. And again, sure, that's companionship at any age. But especially as you get older and the day-to-day choices dwindle and the excitement of everything gets less and less, uh, it just becomes that much more relevant to have that partner. So, of course, we come to the conclusion where the two sections of this discussion meet. So I'm glad I did talk about the age and the attractiveness because now it brings us to the question of how do you meld the two together? If you say on the one hand you need a companion – because you need that uh, person to share life with and to give you meaning to live as you get older more than ever. But you also say a companion, you know, is almost going to be impossible to hold on to or find if there's no attraction there, because then you're just friends. So how does that start? How do you make that happen? And uh, I mean, in other words, which, which do you sacrifice? Do you sacrifice the companion and just have physical excitement with various people who come and go from your life, even as you're an older person? Or do you sacrifice the attractiveness and try to just date a friend 
or to be a companion with someone who is not attractive to you and you're not attractive to them and maybe you sleep in separate beds, but you're a couple or maybe you just, you know, just snuggle with clothes on. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guarantee you that older people have done it every way imaginable. And I don't mean they've done it sexually. (laughs) I mean, I guarantee you older people have developed relationships that have all kinds of different characteristics and they've been couples, couples, and they've even gotten married as older people with all different kinds of variants on the, the physical attraction part of it and the, and the sexual attraction and the sex at all and the, and in all different kinds of differences on the companionship part of it and the friendship part of it. I mean, there are a lot of couples that probably get married that are attracted to one another as, but th- that they don't have a lot in common, but they would rather have that as they age to have that spark still than to really feel that uh, back and forth with a companion. Maybe that's the choice they made, but I guarantee you that per- the various permutations of those two main elements are, have been all over the map throughout the history of time and mankind. And um, so if you find yourself like me in that place where you have to make that choice and try to value, all I can say is you can't force it any more than you could in your 20s. You remember when they said, if you look for it, it never comes. You find love when you're not looking for it. Remember that bullshit line? <laughs> well, I I don't think that you can ever force anything with anybody and have it work. I don't think it's about looking for it because obviously people meet successfully on dating lines and dating services and blind dates. Clearly, they're looking for it. They accepted the date. They're meeting someone. They're looking for someone to date. So I think that's horseshit that you can't be looking for it. I think you have to be looking for it. Or you probably won't find it because you won't be putting yourself out there. You need to be at least giving yourself opportunity to meet someone, whether it's on a service or a site or through friends or going out somewhere. You need to be putting yourself into the environment in some fashion to have an opportunity to meet someone of the opposite sex or you're not going to meet someone. I think we can agree on that. So that's step one. But I I, I think... From that point on, once you've put yourself out there, I don't think you can force – well, I, I, I know for a fact you can't force a, an actual connection with somebody who's just attractive to you, but there's no connection. Um, but, but I also think you can't force attraction or a relationship with someone who you might get along with but who's not attractive to you at all or they're not attracted to you at all. Um and again, I've been on the, I've been in all these types of relationships in the 21 years since my divorce. I have tried all kinds of various uh, forms of connection. And um yeah, I've I've had relationships where uh I've tried with someone I'm attracted to and we get along but they're not attracted to me and it doesn't work. And I've tried relationships where I'm not attracted to them but they're attracted to me and we don't really get along <laughs> and I try it anyway because they're attracted to me and that doesn't work. And I've tried relationships where we both get along and neither one of us is attracted to each other. And that doesn't work. Um, And I've tried relationships where we both are attracted to each other, but we don't really get along. And that doesn't work. I mean, again, the permutations are varied. 
and the degrees of attraction are varied and the degrees that you get along and actually are good companions are varied. But the point is, at the end of the day, I still believe when it works, it works. And the only way it works is when you both have some modicum of physical attraction with one, with one another and you both enjoy each other's company and feel you have good companionship. It's that simple. Nothing has changed, even as you're older, than when it was when you were younger. Guess what has? It's harder to find both when you're older. That's why it's so hard to find someone to marry or love or be with as you age. Because you're less attractive, so less people find you attractive. Women that might find you attractive are less attractive. So it's harder for you to be attracted to them. Also, as you get older, you're more opinionated. You're more set in your ways. You have more defined beliefs and thought processes, which of course makes you less attractive because you're not as open and free to connect with everybody. You have certain people you will not date. You will not connect with. You've found out who you are. You know your limits. You know what you want and what you don't want. Well, that's good on the one hand because it's good to know yourself and know what you want. But it's bad because it limits the amount of people you can actually be compatible with. And the same is true for that person. You know? The more defined you are, the less they're likely to like you and get along with you. You know, the more that you have solidified who you are, the harder it is for you to find someone to connect with. But also, you're not as attractive because they might like everything about you. And then there's this one thing, your opinion about fracking or something like that. And that's it. They are such an environmentalist that they could never date someone who's okay with fracking and they just flip out on that issue. It could be anything like that, you see? So the more defined you get and you have opinions on more things, the more likely it is one of those opinions is going to turn someone off and you're going to lose them because you had that one opinion. So the point is, as you age, it becomes harder and harder to find someone to connect with both on your end and on the other end. And so um, I think that's another reason why autumn and November or whatever they call them, autumn and December relationships, where the age gap relationships work well sometimes is because the older person is more set in their ways, more defined, harder to like. But if that younger person just, they, they, they meet all their criteria, they check all their boxes and they like them. That's a, first of all, if you're an older person and you meet someone who feels that way about you, just you're happy as hell because it's hard to find that. So you don't really care how old they are. You don't really care if they're young or old or whatever age they are. If you find someone as an older person who, who finds you attractive and likes being around you, that's, that's a hell of a find. So that's a, that's step one. But also when there's an age gap, that person is probably the younger person. He's probably more willing to be open to whatever opinions you have that might turn off another older person who has the opposite opinion. And probably the younger person is more willing to date someone who physically might not be perfect because 
what the hell? You know, maybe they're just experimenting. Maybe their plan is to move on from you after a few months or years of dating. But the point is, they don't have this idea of like, I have to only date people with smooth skin and tight abs, you know, because they like, hey, I, I, I don't mind a dad bod or I don't mind this or that. There, there are different things they're willing to be open to because they're younger and they, they're willing to try things more because they're younger. So again, I think those age gap relationships work not because men are pigs or women are pigs and everybody wants young, hot people objectively and they're all superficial. No, I think they work because of those reasons too. The fact that you have one person who's harder to like and more set in their ways and more challenging in what they like, but the other person is less that way. So you have a bond, more likely to have a bond where one is more giving and open because they're younger and have more of an open mind as a result. Um, and are willing more to experiment and, and and give a guy a chance or a woman a chance who other people might be, no, no, I've been through that. I went down that road. I don't want to do that type of person. I'm not going for that. Older people are more likely to think that way and say that. So uh, at the end of the day, though, there is no answer, obviously. Um, it, it, it is just you just got to get out there and keep trying until you find that person that you're attracted to is attracted to you and you connect with them. And I still believe in that. And I still believe it's worth it. Because again, especially as you get older, companionship is vital. It really is vital to just frankly, just wanting to stay alive, of finding joy in the day. It gets harder and harder to, to get a lot of joy out of being alone as you get older. Because you've done it all before, especially if you spent a lot of your life alone, uh, as I have, for example. The, you've done all those lonely days and enough, more than enough. There's just not a lot to entice you to keep doing them. It seems to get, it, it just seems to get like been there, done that, drab, beaten down kind of thing living every day. But if you have someone to share it with, suddenly it comes to life again. Suddenly your boring day isn't so boring because the other person cares about it. And you you care about their day. And suddenly the mundane lives of someone matter again. And that's the beauty of companionship. Um, and it, But again, I, I, I challenge anyone to try to have that with someone they're not attracted to in some way. And, and, and I, like I said, I know people have done it. Like I said, all, I'm sure any permutation of relationship, it has happened. But... Um, you know, I'd at least want one of the two people to be attracted. Let's put it that way. If I can't be attracted to my partner, I at least would want her to be attracted to me. And then we get along and have companionship. That's the one thing I'll let go. I, I can't let the companionship go. I can't let that go. I've tried in the past uh, and it's just, just no good at all. I have to like the person, connect with them intellectually, have similar interests, enjoy their company. There has to be a level of, a level of conversation, communication, companionship. That, that I won't sacrifice. That kind of clicking is imperative. But in terms of the physical attractiveness, I can't also can't let it go from both perspectives. But I could imagine, I could imagine not being attracted to a woman who thinks I'm sexy and finds me sexy and is excited and happy to be with me from a physical perspective, who I have really good companionship with. Uh, 
I could imagine that working for me. I think that's probably the best I'll do, frankly. Um, alternatively, if I find a woman sexy and attractive and we have great companionship, but she doesn't find me that way, I don't think that'll work anymore. I tried that. I've tried that. And I just think at the end of the day, um, it's too scary because I think that <laughs> this is going to sound sexist, but I, I believe that women have a harder time staying with someone they're not attracted to physically. I think that it's harder for women to, to hold on to an emotional connection if there isn't a spark there uh, physically. And even older women, even older women. And I just think uh, I'm, I'm insecure about the, being able to hold on to a woman in a relationship if she isn't attracted to me. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter how attracted I am to her. It doesn't help the matter. Uh, I'd be better off not being attracted to her, you know, because I, I don't think um, the security of believing that you can hold that love and that interest without them believing you're attractive um, when you're attracted to them. So you think that others will find them attractive. It just I just think that the doubt will creep in. And not, frankly, I just think the woman will leave you eventually. I, I just don't see a woman staying with that. I just don't. I've tried it, and I just don't think uh, as a gender rule they're capable of it. I don't. And I know it's sexist, but there, I've said it, and I believe it. I think women are not capable of being even with a wonderful companion if they are not at least to some degree physically attracted to them. I think that at the end of the day, they will leave and they will break that man's heart um, if they don't have some semblance of attraction to that man. And um, and I don't think it's worth it for any man to invest in a deep way, in a heartfelt way into a woman who doesn't find you physically attractive. Um, or not physically, doesn't find you attractive, doesn't have a spark with you, doesn't want to kiss you, doesn't want to snuggle with you, doesn't want to be physical in some way. Maybe you never have sex, but th there should be some affectionate desire from the woman for the man. And if there is not, I believe that relationship is doomed. And I believe that any man who invests his heart and time and companionship in a woman who, who won't kiss him or doesn't care about snuggling with him. I, I think that that is a, a foolish, foolish thing for a man to do because he's going to get burned. And I think that's true no matter what age that woman is. I think that woman will burn you. And uh, so I think that all that's left for me, <laughs> this is from my perspective, but for other men out there who maybe are in my age group or close to it, Really, all that's left is you have to find someone you you have good companionship with, and you're both attracted to each other, or someone you have good companionship with, and and they're attracted to you, but you're not attracted to them. So, you either have to meet in effect the perfect connection, or at least some degree of it. It doesn't have to be a wild and lust filled attraction, but some degree of attraction and a, a good companionship. And if you can't find that, then I think then you might have to sacrifice your attraction and actually just be with a woman that you're not attracted to, but she's attracted to you. And because um, I do think, again, 
you just have to swallow it and kiss her and snuggle and maybe have sex if you can, if you can uh, with her, even though you're not attracted to her. You just have to kind of be happy that you have this companion and that they like you enough in an affectionate way that they're not going to look for anyone else and they're going to stay with you. And so you'll have this person who, who you know, to be your companion the rest of your life and know you won't have that spark. You won't have that desire on your end, but at least you know you'll be able to keep that partner and that that intimacy that you have with them. Um, and you can feel attractive as a man and you can still feel like you are a man and feel like you are attractive as a, as a man. And that's important for every man. I, 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 I kid you not. I mean, it's a very important thing. The culture likes to talk about women need to feel attractive. Women need to be told how pretty they are, that women need, need all this attention. And it's true. But I think even more so men need to feel like a man, to be in a relationship with a woman who makes them feel like they're a man and makes them feel like their virility, their manliness their, is, is appealing and, <clears throat> and desirable. I think it's essential or you might as well be alone. So um, those are my final thoughts on the matter. Probably have to settle for someone who finds me that way, who I have a great relationship with, who I'm not attracted to. That's probably the only way I'm going to really find someone. Because otherwise, the mutual attraction thing, I don't see it happening, physical. I could see me getting along with a lot of people. But I don't think there's going to be mutual physical attraction with anyone probably the rest of my life. I just don't think it's going to happen. I will keep the door open for it, but I don't know. And I think it's hard to find no matter what age you are. You know, no matter what age, no matter how good looking you are, I think finding that real good companionship with someone who you also have mutual attractiveness, I just think it's really hard. And um, and like I said, much harder as you get older to find both. Um, yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts on dating and aging. And I hope that most of you are young out there. So none of that was relevant to you. And I hope that you still feel uh, that you have a chance as a young person to meet someone that you can be desirous of and get along with. And that's really the way it should work. Because I'll tell you, I wouldn't wish on anyone being the age I am and being single. I think it's terrible. It's probably even worse for women. I, I imagine it's even worse for single women my age. But it's it's bad for single men my age too. It's bad. And uh, nothing is, is more depressing than the concept of living uh, the next 20, 30 years, however much longer I live, um, alone. It's it's just not something I even want to do. It's not something I think anyone my age wants to think of or wants to be open to. And yet we all do it. Uh, we do it and we get sick and we die alone and, you know, and that's what happens. But um, I, 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 I just think it's a bleak and disparaging proposition and um, and so I hope for all of our sakes that we meet someone and fall in love and have that connection again and we get to grow old with our companions that we want to kiss and hold. I love you. Yabba da boop